my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short, stop the negative self-talk, and focus on what makes us awesome, because we all are. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and it's time we start believing that. Everybody. Welcome back to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Garcia, and I am so happy you're here taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with me and my new friend, Caroline Beidler. Caroline and I had an amazing Instagram Live conversation on Monday, talking primarily about how to reset your mind for success in recovery from substance abuse, in our case, alcohol. Caroline is a wife and a twin mama, and she's an advocate for women in recovery from alcoholism and trauma. Her movement, Bright Story Shine, is a space she's created to share stories and explore addiction, mental health and wellness, faith and spirituality, trauma recovery, sexual violence, stigma, and hope. This conversation was so important that I had to share it on my show. So please welcome Caroline Beidler. Say what you want, all I hear is Hey girl! Hey, how are you? So good, how are you? Oh, just really excited to talk to you tonight. I have been thinking about this all day and I, yeah, I'm just really excited to connect and to see everybody and yeah. I know. Well, I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that we connected and we had a great conversation last week when we chatted and we just have so much in common, not just with recovery, but in motherhood and kind of where we're at in that walk too. So we just had the best time. Um, Caroline, before we start, I don't want to butcher your last name. Can you please (laughs) tell me how you pronounce it? Sure, absolutely. So it is German. It is Beidler. So yes, I know. So people say Beidler all the time, but it is Beidler. Well, I was thinking Beidler because without the D, I would say Beidler. I'm I'm assuming it's pronounced Beidler, but hey, I was right. I'm glad I was right. (laughs) Anyway, I I have a, we have a lot to get through because we also have some questions from some followers and friends um, that I, I want to get to and have time for. So I would love for you to share with everybody your recovery story, um, just anything that you're comfortable with sharing. I know that you put it out there on your own page. So wh- what was your journey like to recovery? Okay, well, we don't have like hours upon hours. So I will give you the abbreviated version Um, You know, basically, for as long as I can remember, I felt this hole in me. And I tried to fill that hole with whatever I could. Um, It was this longing, this deep kind of longing and intense feeling to be whole. Um, 
is kind of a way that I can describe it. Looking back now, what I really, really needed was to be loved um, and to feel worthy and to feel lovable. I, you know, the way that I grew up, I grew up with a lot of different types of experiences. I, I call it trauma. Mm -hmm. um, you may have heard the expression adverse childhood experience. Um, so there is a lot of things that I experienced that was very adverse. It was, you know, um, divorce and growing up in an alcoholic household and, you know, all of these things, um, some other types of significant trauma. Um, and so, you know, when I discovered alcohol was my first, you know, substance that I fell in love with, it was like something clicked. You yeah. Know, all of a sudden, I felt like it didn't matter that I was seeking or searching this thing because I could completely numb out that feeling. Um, I could completely numb out that sense that I knew that something wasn't right about this world and I couldn't, you know, put my finger on it and I didn't know how to, um, how to manage all of that. So I really struggled with substances a lot in high school. I then went to drugs, you know, experienced an overdose. And so the first time I was in inpatient treatment, I was 17 years old and I see a 17 year old now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's, there are babies. You know, I was a, I was a, I was a young person um, going through some really adult things. And, you know, in that process, and I don't know, you know, your experience, I would love to hear more, but for me as a woman in recovery, and I talk a lot about this on my, my blog, Bright Story Shine, a lot of my experience as a woman in recovery, having addiction issues put me in really, I want to say grave danger um, because my body and other things, uh, you know, and it just like my heart just feels because I, I know a lot of women going through this right now. I actually had a friend from high school actually messaged me today saying, you know, she experienced sexual violence in high school. But so many women don't talk about as a part of using an addiction. Yeah. You know, really go to those places where, you know, we do not value ourselves or our inhibitions are so low that we, you know, get into all sorts of issues there. And, you know, I had experienced um, a sexual assault in high school and then again in college. Um, so I just had all of this trauma and yuck. But, you know, it took me uh, too many decades. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. The lighting is, you, know, you can kind of see it's not great tonight. But I've, I've, I've done several decades from high school. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of experience. I want to call them God encounters where I was really shaken awake to this reality of, okay, I do have this whole, cause that didn't go away, that longing. And even in early recovery, you know, it was still there, but it took me reaching out and really my faith journey has been a huge part of that, reaching out and really truly finding what peace um, and serenity can, can kind of fill that, that place up in me. So um, yeah, so when I was 28, I got connected with other women in recovery and that was huge for me because most of my life, I felt like I had to do it by myself. I couldn't ask for help. Um, you know, and then later on, especially as a person who, you know, I identify as Christian, it's like, I felt all this guilt around needing support. Um, you know, if I have a faith, like, why isn't that like curing me? Why isn't, you know, why am I still so, you know, um, I don't want to say messed up, but, um, I had this tape that would play in my head that I was crazy. I mean, that was uh, something that just played over and over again. So, um, but at 28, thank God, I finally stepped into this place of ultimate surrender, kind of like, you know, Lord, I need you. And 
I need other people. And for me, that was a huge kind of step forward when I realized, <laughs> you know, cause I had a connection with God in a sense, but I had no community. And so to be able to walk out that faith, it was very, I want to say stunted, but um, it took a while. So anyway, so I am, um, that's a little bit about my story. And I, again, I share more on Bright Story Shine, but um, I don't know if you can relate to some of that. I would love to hear, you know, I just, I love to hear other people too. I'm usually like, I'm sick of talking because I know what I think. I want to, I want to hear other people's stories too. So I'm, I'm the same way. I just want to hear other people's stories. I feel like I shared mine uh, so much. But really quick, because you've you've talked about your faith and and kind of the um, you know almost your walk of faith. There's like a, a guilt behind it when you're when you feel like a part of you is a mess and you are, are in recovery, maybe at the start of recovery, and you just kind of feel like, well, what what is this what does this mean as a Christian? Like, what does it say about me? Um, I've kind of dealt with that too. And you recently had, um, you put out a YouTube video about hope and recovery. And I loved, it resonated so much with me when you said, first you were saying that one of your favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. And for anybody who doesn't know that verse, it's for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future. But you said you were so raw and real in that video saying that sometimes that verse and other verses like it tick you off and you don't always like them. And I, that hit me so hard because I'm like, yes, like why when, especially when you're at the start of recovery, like that just, it's almost like, but Lord, do you really? Because I'm feeling so lost right now. And I feel like that's kind of what, what you were saying when you were talking about, you know, being a Christian in recovery, that's kind of difficult sometimes. And I just, I loved when you said that. Um, so when did you come up with the idea for Bright Story Shine and what is your heart behind that? Yeah, well, um, you know, thank you for, I'm, I'm glad you watched my YouTube video. Um, <laughs> that was myself outside my comfort zone. So one of the things I'm so passionate about doing is bringing faith into the recovery space because um, I've done a lot of, they call it recovery advocacy. Basically, that's just like talking about it, you know, helping to reduce the stigma. But in doing that, I've really felt kind of nervous to talk about the faith piece. You know, I don't want to push people away. You know, it's like, I don't want to like, you know, you know, push something, you know, push something because that's not at all what I'm doing. But as it's a part of my journey. So when I share my experience, that's something that I'm kind of challenging myself to share. But yeah, you know, I think one of the things I love about recovery and going, you know, the first recovery meeting I went to, I was like, wow, this is a real place. You know, this is, you know, I don't know anywhere else where you walk into a room and you have people sitting in a circle or however you're sitting and you're just like getting it out. You know, I mean, I remember I went to this meeting and this gentleman talked about um, he was in a car accident and he killed someone and he was talking through that experience. And, you know, someone else was talking about, you know, another tragedy and another thing they persevered. You know, it was just there was so much mess there, but it was it was it's so real, you know, yeah. so I, I just love it when, you know, that piece of being real 
you know, for me, at least I can speak to my experience is kind of what has shaken me awake. And so when I share something like I did, like, Hey, this verse sounds great on paper, you know, yes, the Lord has a hope and plan for me, but you know what? When I was 16 years old, I remember this moment very vividly. I was in the passenger seat of my boyfriend's car at the time. And I had the window cracked, just rolled down just a little bit. And it was, I, it was a beautiful day. I remember the sun was shining on my face and but back then on beautiful days, it made me so angry. I just had this anger in me. And I remember saying to God, and because I was going through withdrawal at the time and just feeling physically just horrendous um, and dealing with other consequences of my addiction. And I just remember kind of talking to God and saying, you know, God, if you're real, if you're really out there, I wouldn't be feeling this way. How can you exist if I feel this way? And so you know, working through this anger I had and kind of finding out, you know, there, it's okay to have that kind of communication with God. Like some of the most incredible, intense moments where I can push through some really dark stuff in my life has been when I sit down and I'm, you know, where I cry out and I'm like, look, I am mad. You know, I am mad that I was a sexual assault victim multiple times. Like I am mad that other women across the world, one in three women globally are assaulted. And that number is probably low. You know, I am mad that I'm worried about having a daughter in our world today. Like, you know, and I can just come to God and say that and who, and I'm like feeling it right now. God come, he, he brings it. Yeah. And what he brings and what he brought to me in that moment at 16 was love and being like, no, he, I'm not being condemned for those feelings. Like he knows what that feels like. No, he loves me, you know? So anyways, I'm kind of rambling on a tangent. No, that was to address a little bit of, of that piece too, before getting into the bright story shine. 100%. And I, I am also a victim of sexual assault. So I, I am one too. And Tiffany said, amen. Um, yes. Yes, I know that so many of us have experienced that and we don't talk about it. Um, and it's it's so important. And that's, I, I just love you pouring your heart out and sharing that because it's so true. Even as Christians, sometimes we don't want to admit that even on the best of days where we see God, just we see his glory in nature. We see it in some other beautiful way, but the mess around us just makes us feel like, but why am I going through what I am going through? Why have you allowed certain things to happen in my life? If you are so good and you love me. And I think, you know, one of the great things that I have learned, especially from my friend, Dr. Tiffany, who's been on my podcast before she has said, God's not the author of the bad things, mm -hmm. yeah. but if we bring him our brokenness. Mm -hmm. He will turn it around. He will heal us. He will mend everything that is broken and he will turn it for something good. And we don't want to necessarily hear that when we are broken, when we're in the mess, mm -hmm. but you know, there's actually a verse that I talked about very recently God doesn't want a sacrifice. Like he doesn't need a sacrifice from you. The sacrifice that he wants is a broken spirit. He wants you to come to him broken and he will make you whole. And I just loved that. And it's, 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 I mean, God just works in the most beautiful ways to bring us together and talking about this. Now, the fact that I just read that two days ago and 
you know, that's why it's the written word because every time you read it, something else pops out at you and it's just beautiful. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me and sharing your heart. When we chatted recently, that's when we started talking about uh, the seven day recovery reset devotional that you had already started and you asked me to be a part of. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that you asked me to be a part of something that wonderful and beautiful and a great, a great free thing, free devotional to send out to, um, to everyone that they can be a part of. What made you want to do this, especially for, I mean, it's sober October, so I understand now why you wanted to do it, but how have these seven, these seven steps essentially that, that you're giving out in the seven days, how have they helped you reset your mind in recovery and, and how you think they'll help other people? Well, I'm, first off, I'm so glad I reached out to you because it's just an example of, you know, when you feel like a nudge and God being like, you know what, you should probably message. And so I had been watching so many of your stuff and I was like, wow, I really, I really am enjoying following her. She is like a powerhouse. Like I could just, you know, like I just felt like I could connect with you. And then I saw you had posted a song, Amazing Grace that you had sung and I was just like floored. Um, so I reached out and yeah, so I just, you know, I, one of the things I love is, uh, right. I mean, I love writing. And so that is something that has been a really, it's been healing for me to be able to process a lot of what I've experienced for a long time. Um, and so this seven day recovery reset, which again is completely free, like, and this is a, a total blessing of, you know, being a mom right now and being in this season, like I have a little bit of time and like, part of my recovery is giving it away. But, you know, it's interesting. Like I didn't learn these, you know, and it is, it's kind of like seven steps and I'm not going to give it away. You all can sign up. Um, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. It's really about, you know, when we come to a place where we recognize we need to change something up or something needs a reset, like, you know, like I said, the nudging, I feel it in my heart. I don't know about you, but I will feel, you know, maybe all of a sudden a little more irritable, a little, you know, a little less patient, maybe doing things like, I don't know, I love Instagram, of course, but like being on Instagram too much or, you know, just some of those things that, like, sorry, Instagram, um, some of those things that aren't healthy for me. Um, no, totally agree. Yeah. So sometimes I just, I noticed those times I actually took us, did a social media fast. You inspired me to do that. I think you had a post on that at some point, but, um, you know, so I need to take those moments and one of the reasons I actually started Bright Story Shine, it was when the pandemic hit, you know, I don't know, it doesn't really matter how whoever feels about it, but you, I don't know, for me, when it started, I didn't really know what was going on. And so it really triggered a lot of my trauma. I had a lot of anxiety come up, you know, not being able to connect with people in person really, really hit me hard, you know, worrying about my kids and all of this stuff. And so I found at that moment, God was speaking a word to me and, you know, he was like, you need to switch things up because I knew in the direction I was going. Yeah, I have, you know, 10 years and counting in recovery, but it's a day at a time. And I knew in the direction I was heading really fear based, you know, a lot of anxiety, all of these things, a lot of obsessive thinking. I was not headed in a good place. And so I was able to kind of take a step back and really, I believe God led me through kind of some things that I could do. 
um, to help get myself back on track. And so it's really for anybody though. So anyone who's experienced, you know, any type of trauma, which I think, I don't know if a hundred percent of planet earth can, you know, technically say that at this point, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> no matter what you believe about the last couple of years, it's been traumatic, you know, it's really for anyone and addic in addiction recovery, it just kind of walks through some practical things. You have some beautiful quotes in there and included pieces of scripture that honestly, it was like, perfect. It was like, yes, I could just, you know, it's like, God just brought us together for this, you know, it just like flowed really well. So anyways, I was happy with you know, the end product. So I'm really excited about it. And um, I'm really just hoping that people sign up and, you know, feel free to share it. And, you know, yeah, hopefully it'll help your journey too. Well, thank you for saying that and for sharing that. And I will say I was just so I mean, reading the parts that you wrote and some of, you know, the things that I shared and, and the collaboration was definitely a God thing. And I'm so thankful for it. And I'm thankful that I have that in my back pocket too, because a lot of the beautiful things that you've written are just so needed throughout any stage of recovery. Even if, like you said, you're 10 years down the line, it is so, so helpful. So if, if you haven't signed up already, everybody, sign up at brightstoryshine.com right now that you can just go to my bio and it's right there. You click on that. You can go and you can sign up or you can go to Caroline's uh, Instagram and the same thing. Follow her and do that. So Caroline, I want to get to some questions that I got from people who you know, obviously wanted to stay anonymous. And that's why I wanted to offer that up. Like, hey, if you did not, uh, thanks, Deb. Thanks for signing up, Deb. And Deb, thank you for your sweet comment. Um, I have absolutely loved uh, following Deb as well. And thank you guys so much for, for watching, for being here. If anybody who is watching has any questions for Caroline or questions about recovery in general, feel free to also comment them right now. And then I will read them after we get through these because we have about eight minutes. We're going to do our best to get through as many of these as we can. But a lot of these questions, what I really, really like, thank you, Whitney. Thank you, Tiffany, for signing up. Thank you. A lot of these questions are ones that I get on a regular basis. And Caroline, I'm sure you get these on a regular basis too. But what I loved is that I, I loved getting these questions because there's, I feel like more people have these same exact questions, but just don't ask. So the first question is, how did you know you had a problem? And I love that question. So if you want to answer that first, and then I'll give a brief answer too, um, then I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think I had a friend once that said, um, you know, if you have to ask that question, then you may need to think about whether or not you have a problem. And I, I think I saw a meme on this. It was like, if you're Googling, you know, how do I know if I have a problem with alcohol? Then yeah. you, probably, you know, you may have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> For me, my experience was I really knew right away. I mean, I knew right away that I didn't drink or really do any type of substance. Like, you know, even, you know, even eating ice cream. It's like, I, I definitely do not do that. Like, a, you know, a normie. Um, so I really knew right away. But I think, you know, everyone is different and in different seasons, too. I mean, I've heard a lot of women. So there's actually been research done during COVID. The amount of alcohol use among women has skyrocketed. Um, oh. As probably, I'm just going to venture a guess, 
you know, having to do with trying to find some coping, you know, of how do we cope with what's going on in the world. Um, and so, you know, for some people, it's a season where they need to, you know, moderate or keep things under control. For some people, it becomes very clear it's more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think everyone's story is different, but there's some great resources. So, you know, long story short, I would encourage anyone to, you know, check out resources. There's assessments online. I'd be happy to help people if, you know, you want to find resources in your area too. feel free to shoot me a message. Yes. Um, and for me too, I think that I knew I had a problem with alcohol well before I confronted it. Like, well, like over a year before I confronted it, did I recognize and I just kind of pushed it on the back burner because it was, I felt like it was one of my only ways of coping that I knew could, could, um, calm me down really fast. And the more I drank, obviously it did the reverse. And I think we now know that, but I, I knew based on some comments that friends made and family members made that were meant to be funny, but I also knew it was a dig at the amount of alcohol that they drank or that they saw was gone from my house. Um, and it, again, it was more of a joke, but I knew that even the people around me were starting to really see, like I wasn't hiding it well, but I continued to drink heavily until I found out I was pregnant, um, which I didn't expect to ever be pregnant again. We lost that baby. And even that wasn't enough for me to stop. That sent me into a downward spiral of crazy amounts of grief and feeling guilty. And But all that did was make me want to drink more. And I did until less than two months after losing my baby, I found out I had breast cancer. So it was like losing my baby didn't do it. I got another kick in the, in the pants that really, really was my wake up call, which is a huge wake up call. Like not everybody is going to get that huge wake up call. And part of, you know, my purpose and the way that I know God is using me is I don't want that to be anybody else's wake up call because we know research has shown that any amounts of alcohol increase your risk of breast cancer in women, like by 35 to 50%. It's a crazy amount. So my purpose now in life is to educate because I want to be that girl that every other woman says, I'm not going to be her. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that happen to me. I'm going to get my health, you know, on a right path. Like I'm going to do what I need to do to successfully stay sober, whatever, whatever it means I have to do that. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to stick with it because I don't want to end up like her. Like I'm okay being the, that girl that people say, I don't want to be like Lindsay. I'm totally fine with that. So, but I knew that I had a problem well before I addressed it. And so I'm hoping that with the way that we're speaking out about it, that more people realize it way sooner and they do something about it way sooner than I did. So the second question is, how do I stop? How do I stop drinking is what they meant when I'm scared of what other people will think or how they'll label me? Yeah, interesting question. Well, first off, I just want to say, Lindsay, you you just have such a beautiful testimony. And um, I'm just really excited to see the way that God is going to continue to use your life 
um, for his glory and just your story is just beautiful. And if anyone is doubting if they can stay sober through fill in the blank, you yeah. can. Um, oh, yeah. And we're a picture of, of that reality. And it's just, it is beautiful. So thank you. What was the question? <laughs> I lost my No. Brain. Okay. <laughs> How do I stop drinking? Stop. Mm -hmm. How do I stop drinking when I'm scared of what other people will think or how they'll label me. Yeah, so that's interesting because I've, I've actually experienced quite a bit of stigma in recovery. Now I can kind of not really laugh at it, but it really, it doesn't bother me. And I remember early in recovery, that was a huge concern. I w my brother was getting married. It's like, oh, how am I going to go to his wedding and not drink? You know, yeah. it was like the hugest deal. Um, I ended up calling. I had a good mentor, a friend in recovery. I called her like seven times at that wedding, you know. Um, but it's interesting. I think now things have changed quite a bit too, though. I mean, even, you know, go hashtag sober curious or alcohol free or, you know, so many people, so many celebrities just choose not to drink because of the health benefits. I mean, it's yeah. a lot more accepted. Um, and I've really found that people who are uncomfortable when you say that you have a problem with alcohol or other drugs or that you're in recovery are probably people that are that you saying that is it's reflecting something in them and they're actually it's actually their kind of issue um so i would say go for it because that person is probably being helped by your example you know um i found that in my own family because like i said i grew up you know in a family where where addiction was was kind of all over the place um and you know every time i came home for christmas it was like i think i made people really uncomfortable you know, but now they, you know, they kind of get it. And I think I've encouraged a couple of folks, you know, about recovery since then. And so I would just encourage you to be steadfast and, you know, know that you're on, you're on the right path. Yes, 100%. I think that you answered that beautifully. And I think too, you don't necessarily need to worry about a label. I have said this before. I, you don't have to call yourself an alcoholic. It's okay to just say, I don't drink anymore. You, you, have, you need no other explanation. And if they're going to label you, then like you said, it's, it's, like, it's almost like they're probably feeling like they're looking in a mirror and it's triggering for them. So that's what you have to think about if you're worried about somebody else's reaction. Anybody who reacts in a negative way, in a non-supportive way, in any other way but support, probably is also dealing with some, some issues with substance abuse of some kind. So it was a great answer, Caroline. Thank you for that. Um, the next one said, I'm struggling. It wasn't so much a question, but I think there can be a little bit of a discussion with this. I'm struggling because I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but I know I don't have a healthy relationship with alcohol. And I think alcohol, like people just, the word alcoholic, everybody's like, well, you know, I don't think I'm that because there's, there's such an idea, a stigma that an alcoholic means that you drink a fifth of vodka every night or that you are falling over drunk, you drink out of a paper bag and you are about to like lose everything. You can't function at work. You can't, you know, your, your whole life is crumbling around you. That is not most people. Mm -hmm. And I, it, I think that 
because we celebrate alcohol so much and we use alcohol in every sort of celebration or every hardship, you know, coping mechanisms, bad day, wedding, uh, promotion at work, date night, um, no matter what it is, you know, this is, that's, that's the stigma. And that's, that's what we, we fear of like, well, I, I don't know if, if I, if I actually have a problem, I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but if you are questioning, I think you would agree. If you're questioning your relationship with alcohol, then I think it, it needs to be addressed. I mean, I agree with that. And I, I love that phrase, you know, questioning relationship with alcohol or the feeling like you have an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Um, I almost like that better than the label alcoholic. I don't like to call myself an alcoholic either. You know, no. I as a woman in recovery, yes. because my story is about, you know, a new identity and kind of moving into the new. Um, but yeah, this idea of having an unhealthy relationship. And I just, you know, I just want to say there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that should be celebrated that someone can recognize that they have an unhealthy relationship with something, you know? Um, I think for a long time for me, you know, a part of dealing with my trauma, and I think a lot of women in recovery have dealt with issues around food and, you know, body image and things like that. But for me, for a long time, I had an, not to take it to a whole other direction, but it's pretty related, but an unhealthy relationship with food. You know, I've had years of unhealthy relationships with men, um, not my current, my husband, my current husband, my only husband, I love him, <laughs> my, my only husband. Um, I've had a lot of unhealthy relationships with a lot of things. And that has always just come, it's all come back to this need that I have. And I, I need help, you yes. know, a helper. I need someone to kind of rescue me from that because that is my, my nature is to have unhealthy relationships with basically every, everything, you know? Um, and so I love that about recovery. And for me, part of my faith journey is that, you know, and the Psalm 121 comes to mind, you know, where does my help come from? You know, my help comes from God. It comes from the Lord, you know, the maker of heaven and earth. Like God loves us enough to rescue us out of those unhealthy relationships from anything. And it is so beautiful. And so whoever asked that question, again, I, I have so much hope for this person because I know just asking that question or having that thought in your mind, God has put it there. There is a reason it is there. And you're on a journey to move out of that unhealthy relationship. So I'm very excited for them. I feel like I'm like, a, you know, I'm, <laughs> cheering for that person now, but I, I am very, you know, encouraged by that asking of that question. Yes, me too. And I have gotten that kind of response before from people. Um, so I'm so grateful that we got it today too. But Caroline, there are a couple of others that I am going to um, answer as well. And like a story, because I, I wanted to keep this at 30 minutes so that it'd be quick and um, people would have the time to watch. You are just such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for asking me to, to be a part of the seven day reset recovery devotional. Again, guys, brightstoryshine.com. Uh, it's, it's on my it's in my bio. It's in Caroline's bio. Sign up. You're not going to want to miss this. Thank you so much, hon. Everybody have a great night and thank you so much for watching. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Failing Awesomely podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes so you know how to sign up for our seven-day recovery reset sent right to your inbox for free at brightstoryshine.com. Also, how to follow Caroline on Instagram and any and all information that we discussed in this week's episode. It would mean so much to me if you would take just about 30 seconds to go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. That really lets me grow the show so I can feel like I am fulfilling God's purpose for my life after all that I've been through over the last couple of years in recovery, after cancer, growing in my faith. I want to share that with as many people as possible to be able to help as many people as possible. And growing the show means that together we can help as many people as possible. Thank you guys again. Go out into the world today and enjoy it. Be well, be awesome.